Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Sandy's here, Bob's in for Greg, Debbie's here. You guys, I don't know what's going on. Have you ever had this happen? You're at home, you have four big screen TVs all on at the same time? Probably not, but that's what's happened in the studio here. we got four big TVs. One, I cannot get off Texas Walker Ranger, whatever that show is. Don't change it! It's a great episode. All right, Bob, well, you're in luck. <laughs> then the other big screen TV is now nothing but black. I can't see it. And this is one of those days where we truly want, we want the TVs. all of the monitors on so we can keep an eye on Wisconsin news, Louisville news. But The other TV looks like a blockbuster video aisle. There's, like, icons for, like, 12 different movies. I can't get that switched. Uh, we'll maybe get, Adam or I Mike say, Producer Adam, can I'm sure, can solve this. Help us. Of course. Please. I need lots of so help. We can inform- Technology challenge over there with the, the clicker. You got that right. I'm about to throw the clicker through this big, beautiful window <laughs> we have that looks into the Third Street Market Hall. All right. What are we tracking today? This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right. Obviously, we are on top of what's happening in Louisville and also what's happened in northwest Wisconsin with the tragedy involving the two officers. But what other stories are we starting with today, Sandy? Some developments downtown. Construction continues on the Wisconsin Center renovations with work on a new skywalk beginning today. Yeah, the Wisconsin Center District is putting in a big, beautiful skywalk, which will connect the Hyatt over to the new convention center. There used to be a skywalk there. It was taken down. Now with the expansion, this huge thing is going in today. It's 100. 10 feet long, weighs 110,000 pounds, and eventually it will be part of a connecting corridor, so you'll be able to get all over downtown without walking outside, so it's pretty cool. And a beautiful day for the construction, and it's fun to be downtown and hear the sounds of construction happening. Yes. It feels like growth. You got that right, and you're right. What a good day for it. What's the second thing we're tracking? Governor Tony Evers's American Family Field proposal will pro- reportedly be removed from the state budget's final draft in favor of its own separate piece of legislation. So the powerful Speaker of the Assembly's hinted all along that this was likely to happen. Now a top Democrat, Senator Tim Carpenter of Milwaukee, says, People that I've been in meetings with are not in support of this, meaning my constituents. He, of course, is in the district that holds American Family Field. He says it's a good idea to pull it out of the budget. And so that will likely not happen till the fall. The Brewers, by the way, are saying, hey, we'll work with the governor. We'll work with legislators. We will make this happen. But it will not be part of the governor's budget as was initially perceived and laid out. So that is a pretty big development. What is the third thing? For the first time since the start of the pandemic, a farmer's market returns to downtown's Milwaukee Westtown neighborhood. I love this market. I don't know if you've ever been to this one, but it's beautiful. It's in Zeidler Park, right near where we are here. They have fresh flowers. With the gazebo. All the vendors. Yes, yeah. the gazebo in the middle. So it's going to start up again this summer. It shut down during the pandemic. It will run for two Thursdays in June, two in July, two in August, two in September. And it's right there, a rebranded image. It's going to be back. It is, by the way, Wisconsin's oldest outdoor market. So that's pretty cool. So the first one will be June 8th. June 8th will get rolling out there. Mark your calendars. That is good stuff. All right, we're going to try to get the TVs fixed in here. I'm going to need some serious help. I mean, like, we might have to call the geek squad. I don't know what we're going to have to do, but we'll try to get this We'll have a meeting out. of the minds. I think we can do it. Yeah. Good idea, Sandy. I like where you're going with this. The latest on a couple of those stories we mentioned earlier on, including the Louisville bank shooting. We've got the detail for you. That is right up after Debbie helps get you home here on WTMJ. Want to get you up to speed on the situation in uh, Louisville. 
Four people killed. The gunman also shot and killed at least eight other others injured in a mass shooting at a bank there. ABC's Jim Ryan is with us. He's been tracking the story throughout the day. Good afternoon, Jim. Hey, John. Uh, yes, we know that uh, these folks are still hospitalized. The one police officer is still in critical condition, along with two civilians. Uh, three others also are hospitalized in less serious condition, and three were released from the hospital. So nine were taken there altogether. We know four people who were killed, ranging in age from 40 to 64, before the gunman himself, who was 23, uh, was shot and killed. Do we know if the gunman shot himself or if he was killed in an exchange with police officers? We don't know that yet. Uh, the, the the investigators are still looking at that. They've got help from the ATF, the FBI, and uh, and Louisville's own forensics folks and ballistics experts who will determine that, whether it was a self-inflicted wound or or if officers who were there on the scene within three minutes, by the way, John, if, uh, if it was a bullet from an officer who killed this man. Uh, Jim, this is Sandy Max, and uh, it's chilling for me, because I grew up in Louisville, so this always has that resonance with it, but also chilling because of the social media angle that's being reported about this, that the shooter live-streamed this on Instagram? Yeah, that's uh, the the word going around, at least, and that's certainly something that the police will be looking at This, uh, uh, as part of the search for the motivation for this. They, they may be able to find something, but at this point, there's just no indication at all of, of why this person, who was either a current or a former employee of the old National Bank there in Louisville, was um, why he would have done this. ABC's Jim Ryan is with us. That's the question I had, Jim. Reports are that he either did work there or used to work yes. there, maybe had relationships with people there. Do we know anything about that? What's being reported about that? Yes. Well, his his LinkedIn account still shows that uh, that, that the suspect worked uh, or works at that bank, and uh, so you know. But whether anybody was specifically targeted, any of the four people he killed, or the bank building itself, it, it would appear that the bank was being targeted. But whether any of these people he shot were the ones he was looking for isn't clear uh, one of them the uh, tommy elliott one of those who died 63 years old was a friend of the mayor of louisville and a friend of the uh, governor of K- kentucky he knew both of those people and uh, interestingly so it's really touching this community in a very personal way and its leadership jim do we know what sort of weapon was used if there was more than one weapon ammunition what do we know about any of that we're told at this point uh, only that it was an assault style rifle i believe it was an ak-47 that he used in this now whether there were other guns uh, involved nobody has been told that yet i'm sorry it was an ar ar-15 yep yep what about the condition of those that were hospitalized or injured well, the officer, this police officer who had just recently joined the force, I'm looking now at a, a the, the picture of his commissioning when he received his his commission. Uh, the the police chief is standing there alongside him. The mayor is standing there with him. And now those two were at a news conference talking about his serious injuries. He's in critical condition. He took a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, the other officers and uh, one other officer also was hurt. That uh, that's Officer Nicholas Wilt, the one who's who's in critical this this afternoon. And then three people who were less seriously hurt, who were who expected to pull through. Fifteenth mass shooting this year, Jim. Do we have any idea how that compares to past years? This far into the year, early April. It's going to be close. It's going to be close to, if not a record, then certainly one that compares to the worst years we've had in recent years. So, yeah, and, and it seems every week we hear about another one, either in a school, in a business, in a home, at a club, at a grocery store. It seems to happen almost everywhere at this point, John. ABC's Jim Ryan. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. The world can be a messy place. Yep. And-
we at Wisconsin's Afternoon News think it could do with a little more nice. 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 Oh, that's nice. Say something nice to me. This is Something Nice on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. John, Bob, you're both parents. Mm-hmm. Last many, time I checked, how yes. many pairs of shoes Best job ever. do you think you've bought your children over the years? Oh, my. Mm. Well, I have two girls that are 30, so I'm going to go <laughs> 300. Wow. I'm not exaggerating. And I, don't, I think, yeah, that's probably quite accurate, especially in the childhood years, Bob. See, I'm going to go on the low end only because my, my kid is sort of, I don't want to say he's a cheapskate because I'm buying the shoes, but he has like two pair of shoes at a time. And then just wears them until they absolutely fall off. Until I have to pry them off of them because a they stink. You're lucky. I I, I know, but but I tr- I will take him shoe shopping and say, dude, he's not interested. Huh? I, n- no, he's interested. They feel comfortable. I bro- I break them in. I like them. I want to keep them on my feet. Not twenty four seven, young man. He's so not we went on keeping a cruise together with duct tape. Is he? We went on a big Caribbean cruise, and the girls decided. They would bring one big suitcase with their clothes, which was mostly bathing suits. The other suitcase was completely full of shoes. Of course. There were like 32 pairs of shoes and flip-flops. So, why do you ask, though, Sandy? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was insane. That is... A, do your daughters wear the same size? Yeah, they're twins, and I think they do. That helps. See, that, that really helps. helps. Oh, uh-huh. that that's a whole new world. Well, as parents, here's the deal. Takes at least 15 pairs of shoes for a child to grow from a toddler to a teenager. Wow, because at least. So yeah. even if you just bought one new pair each time they grew, yep. 15? Yeah, that's before wow. we even get into styles and preferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just keeping your your feet huh. covered. Well, an entrepreneur and his childhood buddy have developed a shoe that grows with kids. No, they haven't. Yeah. No. It's called the Areto shoe. <laughs> and it, it kind of looks like a blend between a sneaker and a croc. So there's kind of this over-covering mm-hmm. over the sneaker, but... It's it uncurls as the child ages, which solves the problem not only of adjusting to the foot while it grows, but also reducing excessive waste of constantly having to buy new shoes every three months or so. But does it look good? Like, would girls wear this shoe? It looks sporty. It's sporty and right, fun. I'm, I'm coming over by your uh, I would say some of the styles are named Happy Hopper, Submariner, Firefighter, Candy Floss comes in pink. Summers, they almost look like scuba shoes, don't they? Those are terrible. <laughs> Over at your microphone. We've never yeah, done no, this before. Would your would your you daughters ever moment? wear these sporty uh, shoes? Maybe if your kid is sporty. If your kid's a sporty kid. But it's sporty. It's not. What's it, the word? Of, not but orthopedic. They're not like sneakers. Yeah, right. like it, they don't look like corrective. At they what, look sporty. Since you you guys have the view, at what age do you think a child would get when they would say, "Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore"? I mean, girls. Little, I think Bob. I think girls. Would, yeah. would not do that. Would not wear the colorful shoes. Not for shoe. very no, long. Not for very long. Okay. But but to your point, Sandy, they could maybe have this shoe as one of their primary shoes. Then of course you'd have other shoes. Sure. But but especially I, I, like I think that idea. for toddlers as you're growing your yeah. feet, yes. because these two yes. uh, entrepreneurs from India worked with childhood podiatrists. Because here's something I never quite realized: you got all those nerve endings in your feet and teaching your muscles how to grow. So if you're not wearing the right shoes or too small shoes or too big shoes, that can kind of assess your gait and maybe even your coordination as you're learning to walk so i didn't get a great mobile. look at the picture how do they how do they go <laughs> they from small like... to big are they rolled up how do they 
it's the inside, so it's going to be smaller, and then it's going to grow ah, whether okay. your foot widens so or lengthens. Inside, it, so the outside looks the same. Yes. Doesn't look yes, stupid. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the inside's an erector set. The outside is a shoe. <laughs> All right. But they wanted to give children a fit for all cycles, and when uh, feet grow, they can do it. And they're also made with recyclable materials. One more quick question. How expensive are they? That is a good question. Uh, They are $22 to $31. Wow. And available internationally. Yeah. I'm back in. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It is the Aretto, A-R-E-T-T-O, if you... uh, have a new one on the way, or uh, have somebody who's just growing through shoes like wildfire. That is something nice. That is something nice. It is for sure. It is 345 at WTMJ. The latest on that tragic situation in northwest Wisconsin. We're live on the scene in Cameron. Up next. Why do you get you the latest on that tragic situation in northwest Wisconsin, where two police officers have been killed and a community is in mourning. TMJ4's Kaylee Starrell is with us. Kaylee, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, hi, John. It's good to be here. I want to start with some of the basics for people who are still getting up to speed on the story. What do we know as far as what went down? How did this happen? What transpired? Sure. So on Saturday afternoon, uh, there was a traffic stop that happened, and Officer Emily Breidenbach uh, conducted that traffic stop. We know that gunfire was exchanged between that suspect, that name was just released, in a press release. And uh, when officials got on scene, they did find two officers dead. That other officer was Officer, uh, officer Shield from Cameron and Officer Breidenbach from Chatech. Is it believed that... Breidenbach responded and Shield was providing backup or vice versa. Do we know any of that sort of detail where they shot at close range? Uh, what do we know? You know, I don't know right now. We did just get a press release into our newsroom kind of detailing more of what went down, and we'll have crews on that at TMJ4 News later tonight. So let's talk about the community. This is a very small community. Um, When I was at TMJ4, I remember covering a couple stories up there. It's small. It's close-knit. Barron County is really a series of just small villages and towns. Tell us about the community and how they're handling things today. Yeah, John, that's exactly it. You know, I spoke with the mayor yesterday. We've been here for the past 24 hours, and this community is just over 2,000 people. We were standing outside the Chatech Police Department where there is a memorial that just keeps growing. And I'll tell you, every person that stopped by knew that officer. They knew Emily, who worked with the Chatech Police Department. They say she was super involved with the community, with uh, helping kids in schools. And, you know, the same was true for Officer Shield. So this tragedy just really hits close to home. A lot of people said that they didn't think something like this would happen in their community, and it just makes it that much worse. Kaylee Starrell is with us, TMJ4. She is up in Barron County. Very small departments also. Chatech, five full-time officers and some part-timers. Cameron, three full-time officers and some part-timers. How does that play into how those communities move forward here? Sure. So talking with the community, a lot of people say that These officers, they're not like officers you find in a big city. These officers play more of a community role. They're out, you know, getting meals with people. They're out saying hello on the streets. And so moving forward, you know, I think that they're going to 
keep being that central figure in the community so that way the community has someone to rely on and likewise those officers have the community to rely on. Earlier today, Kaylee, uh, the mayor was even talking about how involved the police officers have been with schools in the past. Are you seeing that in your coverage today? Yeah, so on social media, there are lots of videos, um, especially of Emily just, uh, you know, reading to kids in schools. And she uh, ran a therapy dog program. We also saw Officer Shield, you know, uh, interacting with kids, showing them his uh, squad car. So these two people, I've been told by many, were bright lights in the community, and they will be missed. So speaking of lights, I know the community is undergoing an effort right now to put up blue lights, which is a light you display to support law enforcement. There are ribbons going up. There are gift cards being collected. Gift baskets are being assembled. Can you talk about those efforts and how the community is really trying to make a difference? Yes. So at the spot of the tragedy, there when we were there yesterday, there was a cross that went up with Emily's name at both police departments in Cameron and Chatech. There are squad cars with growing memorials. There's flowers and stuffed animals and toys. And the community, they've just, you know, constantly been visiting these departments to pay their respects. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that in the weeks and months to come. Do we know anything about motive? Uh, I do not right now. So there will be a press conference coming up here at 4 o'clock, I believe. Do we know who will speak at the press conference? Yes, the Barron County Sheriff is expected to speak. He's kind of the point of contact for this whole incident. He's supposed to provide more details, mainly thanking the community, not really telling too much about the case and what happened. Kaylee Starrell is with us from Northwest Wisconsin. And we expect that procession sometime this evening. What will the route of the procession for these two officers be? Well, this morning they did leave these two officers. They left from Barron to go to a medical examiner's office in Minnesota. They are doing autopsies there. And when those are done, they will head back here to home in Barron County sometime between 5 and 8 p.m. Kaylee Starrell, TMJ4, you've done great work the past couple of days. Kaylee, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Of course, thank you. So we plan to bring that news conference to you. It's scheduled to start at 4 o'clock. You know how that goes. But if we can, we will bring that to you. That is the plan on this tragic story. Then coming up during the 5 o'clock hour, a news account I read, I have in front of me actually, says two officers killed during a routine traffic stop. There is no such thing as a routine traffic stop. And this is evidence of that. What do police officers think about? Our law enforcement expert, Detective Steve Peterson, will be with us coming up at 515.